random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Hi, this is Luke Lieberman, co-creator of the Alliance's Universe. We have Orphans, the original graphic novel, out now. I'm also the producer of the Red Sonja movie, which just wrapped production. Hi, this is Ryan Silbert, and I am the co-creator of Alliances, along with Luke Lieberman over here and co-writer on Orphans. You're listening, You're listening to, to Marvelous with Peter, Peter Melnick, Melnick and Eddie Wilson. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, collectively in one singular place, not recording from two different locations, we are joined with Ryan Silbert and Luke Lieberman. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, sir. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thank you both, gentlemen, and right off the bat, alliances. How'd that come about? Um, well, it started a while back. So I knew Stan. I um, Stan gave me my first job after uh, film school when I moved out to L.A. And um, I, I, after working for him for a couple of years, I left to relaunch the Red Sonja um, series. And I kept in touch. Stan was a friend. And I would just sort of knock on his door every couple of weeks just to sort of check in and you know he was he was he was a friend and a mentor and um we started talking about a particular idea which is actually it ended up being the the sort of prologue in orphans um the graphic novel is sort of in two parts there's the prologue that uh bill sinkevich did the art to and then there's the sort of main story which is um sleeman um, Kondraski did the art too. And uh, the prologue piece of it was sort of this first kernel of an idea that Stan and I were tossing around. And I realized as I was walking out of his office that he was willing to develop this with me. Um, and so when I, when I saw that door cracked open, I just kind of leaned into it. And I would, you know, come when I came back a couple weeks later, I was like, you know, remember that thing we talked about? Well, what about this? What about that? What about this? And I started trying to kind of build it out, and he would, you know, he would get rid of what he didn't like. He would add ideas. He would come up with a new character, and then I would go workshop it a bit more. And um, it got to the point where I realized, because Stan's time was at a premium, that I needed someone to workshop it with me. And that's when I, Ryan and I were, uh, were Comic-Con friends. We were like, we used to hang out at San Diego Comic-Con, so there was a night after some uh, partying and drinking, we were getting some, you know, garbage food at like two in the morning. And I just looked at him and asked him if he wanted to, to join the bullpen and he was down. And then we would start working with Stan, you know, Stan would kind of give us his ideas and some idea for a character or story ideas or whatever. And we would go workshop it and bring it back to him. And we just kind of worked like that for a while. There wasn't really, when we were developing, we were sort of consciously and deliberately avoiding 
sort of developing it for any particular medium. Like we weren't trying to create a TV pitch or a movie pitch or a comic pitch or anything like that. We, we just wanted to world build and we were having a lot of fun doing it. Um, and then around 2017, Audible came around and they were interested in working on this with us. So, and Stan was interested. He, he liked the idea of doing an audiobook. Um, so we sort of selected a story from the development that we'd done, and that's what ultimately became A Trick of Light, which was our first release um, from Audible. It came out in 2019. And uh, then we followed it up with a new reality that uh, Will Wheaton read for us as an Audible original in uh, 2021, and now Orphans is out now. I was going to ask, too, when this goes back to, and you just answered that for me, which is which is great. Um and what I meant also by that is Alliance's Orphans is definitely a different take than you mentioned earlier, Trick of Light, because that definitely reads more like like a novel. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe with Alliance's Orphans, that's really, really getting into more sci-fi stuff. I don't know. I don't want you to elaborate too, too much on it, but um, maybe, Ryan, your take on some of that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, and that's deliberate, like Luke mentioned. Like, we were world-building for so long, but one of the fun things to do um, for Luke and I, and I think for Stan, or certainly for Stan, was being able to mix and match genres and um, working in different kinds of spaces. So we have, of course, the coming-of-age kind of high school tale that deals with a lot of the digital realities that are happening very close to our Earth and our reality here in, in A Trick of Light. And then with Orphans, we really wanted to expand into the cosmos. So um, really looking back at the old sci-fi serials and really some of the kind of predating Marvel Age stuff that Stan had worked on um, with Ditko and Kirby and, and Tales of Suspense um, and Tales of Astonish and, and things of that, and Journey into Mystery and things of that nature, where there's like these one-off kind of almost Twilight zone morality tales. And for us, the way we wanted to introduce this is, of course, with great partners like Dynamite and um, and Bill and, and Sleeman. So, like, it was it, this is a, a really collaborative effort. But yeah, it's being able to expose the, the kind of cosmic side of alliances in this way with these kinds of partners is kind of like an unbelievable uh, uh, part of this journey for for Luke and I, for sure. What is it, guys? Uh, maybe Luke on this one too, because I'm looking at the cover and. It's throwing me off a little bit, but underneath, you know, Orphans, it's saying the latest saga in the New York Times best-selling universe. There's others that I'm unaware of, so you know, add to that if you can. Well, Trick of Light was the one that uh, hit the New York Times bestseller list, and then there was uh, there was a new reality that we did with um, with uh, Will Wheaton wrote it for us, and that came out in 2019 as an Audible original. Right. So those are there. There's there's three in the series. Orphans is the third in the series. That's what threw me off then, because I thought initially, yes, okay, that uh, I was thinking it should be, it should, should, or at least to make make better sense to me to understand that it would be all under the general title of alliances, but not necessarily, not necessarily. Yeah, no, well, yeah, no, was, uh, alliances is the is the is the universe itself, and then orphans is the title for the graphic novels. So that might be maybe where the confusion is. There we go. But yep. um, for us. Yeah, the definitionally alliances is what is is the umbrella for all the stories that we're telling inside of this inter interbraided narrative, um, and both both new reality and uh, trick of light were bestsellers in their respective categories. 
the reality being an Audible original, so it's only available on Amazon. Now, earlier you guys mentioned the whole process of, you know, after the con, going off, getting some bad food to have. And it got me thinking, mm-hmm. that is where a lot of, like, you know, the little, little uh, habits we have as creative types, the little things. What is your go-to uh, bad junk food thing when you're about to work on something in a creative fashion? Mm. Mm. It's not legal in all 50 states, actually. Um, <laughs> well, I, I would say, uh, I, I mean, pizza. <laughs> pizza and a lot of coffee. You know, coffee or some other kind of some other kind of like you know, what do, what do they call it? Jinko, like you know, some some kind of energy, some kind of energy beverage that gets me kind of like wired and ready to just yeah. kind of plow in. But really, what's most important from a creative like for me to do creative work is for it to be like after hours and music. Like I need to, like if I have, honestly, I can be almost anywhere. If I have music and I can kind of plug in and tune everything else out, I can write anywhere. You mentioned Jinko just now. I'm like, wow, they're really big pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably butchered that one. No, hey, you know, good. I just think that for some, having music is, is great, but in terms of just the writing itself, maybe, maybe you need it to be, some people need it to be completely silent. I need like I, I tend to need one part of my brain kind of spinning. It it helps with my ADD. You know, it's like I need to kind of almost keep that part distracted. But I usually try to avoid stuff with a lot of lyrics because that can kind of interfere. So if you know, if I'm, it's usually like piano music or violin music, like electronic violin or electronic music in general, something like that. And in regards to you know the Alliance's Orphans book one thing that you know everyone is talking about how the Stan Lee involvement but I don't think enough people are bringing up you guys got Bill Sienkiewicz on this and over the last few years Bill Bill has been getting like a revitalization of his career people are appreciating his artwork and his hard work in what he does and how did that come about uh, well like, like they say there could only be one I mean <laughs> we, it was actually it was we, almost kind of so the the reason that we've only done three books in in the number of years is because we're being very uh, thoughtful and deliberate about how we release things, and so we don't really move forward on a project until we have the right people involved. And we wanted for you know particularly for the prologue, which is something that we you know that was like the first thing we developed with Stan. It was something that was special to us, and it, we needed to have the right artist on it. And so we wanted someone who had just a, the kind of imagination that, that could, you know, just sort of not only kind of grab home, grab hold, grab hold of our own madness, but like, you know, take it a step further and and make it something truly unique. And that's that's what that's what Bill brought to the project. Yeah, I mean, I, it's for, it, as a fan, I think both Luke and I want to see more Bill work, like in interior. So. As, as creators, be able to like bring that to fans is kind of exciting because you know anytime Bill has an interior book, it's something that um, you know is on my pull list. And if like Luke said, it's kind of Bill makes sense of the madness, but he also does such a great job of like he has such a strong history of, of science fiction, but also character-based science fiction. The way he developed 
a lot of those characters in New Newtons, but also in his own work with Straight Toasters. Like, he's just, he has, like, a really strong sense of character inside of what is, you know, um, pretty bold choices in his art. So, yeah, I mean, to be able to do Creator's Revenge with him is just absolutely just a dream, for sure. Guys, uh, maybe Luke first. Are these characters that are in alliances, orphans, um, throwbacks, reminiscence? Um, you know, maybe part of what their composition is—something um, that people can relate to. You know, again, without giving away too much. Well, the orphans. I mean, the reason that they're called the orphans is because they're each the last of their kind. So, to set the stage a little bit, um, this all. You know, whereas A Trick of Light and A New Reality were kind of Earth-based stories, I mean, there were some, there were some aliens involved, but they were they took place on Earth. This kind of goes back to where the aliens came from. So this this all takes place around a supermassive black hole at the semi, center of the galaxy, and um, there's uh, there was a dominant species that would wipe out entire planets. And when they would do it, they would keep one member of, you know, the wiped out sort of vanquished species. They would keep one, one specimen alive, and that would be the orphan. And so the orphans in the story are each, they've all lost everything. And the only thing that they have is each other because um, they're each the last of their kind. It makes them sort of unique. But they were also selected to survive because they're sort of exceptional. In, uh, in, in, in whatever their particular way is. Um, so a lot of this really is about found family. I mean, any good, you know, Stan used to say that, you know, if the, if the audience can relate to the characters, then you can take them anywhere. Um, they'll, follow the, they'll follow the journey. If they don't relate to the characters, then the biggest set pieces and all the spectacle in the world doesn't matter. And so while this does have a lot of spectacle, it's kind of a big-scale story at, at its heart, it's it's about found family and and those sort of relationships between these characters and the way that they depend on each other and and their dynamic. When it comes to yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, not, I was just going to add like for if people will hopefully recognize sort of like the throwbacks we were go, we're going for, but kind of the elevated sort of European graphic novel genre that you know isn't so in vogue right now. But it's like, we we love that stuff. So it's like. Dan's work with Mobius in um, Silver Surfer Parable. Like, there's stuff that feels like it should like sit nicely next to that on a shelf. But yeah, there is a lot of familiarity with some of the science fiction uh, comic books of the past. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMarvelists, and on the three dollar tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, You Haven't Read That? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing. 
not a topping of your choice, or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. When it comes to, you know, creating a world like this, how much, you know, planning is there for, like, the interpersonal relationships of all of the characters? Because you have, like, a massive web to weave for all of them. Well, that's, that's part of the world-building activity that the way we went about developing the, the, the entire universe, which is it's just it's character-focused, like Luke was saying, and in that it's how characters relate to each other. So it's not so much like plot, plot, plot for us. It's really about the interrelationships of these characters, and that's why when you put them together, the plot almost comes out of that. Um, and for us, the kind of years of work we put into this for the character, just for the character arcs and also just for their background, that's what I hope, you know, comes through in terms of the way that they relate to one another. And it's the stuff that, like, Luke and I and Stan would talk about, but more recently, Luke and I would just talk about it on the road with this project. It's like, it's just nice. We, lo- we always love to see characters, like, in a confined space on a spaceship and see how they just kind of talk and interact. It's not always about the big spectacle, like Luke was saying. Um, and I think we achieved that in Orphans in a way, you know, some of our favorite science fiction stories um, also do. Uh, Eddie? I agree. <laughs> in regards to, you know, the whole legacy of Stan Lee, it's, it's kind of cool to see that even, you know, years after his passing, his involvement in the realm of comics, not just, you know, for his impact, but even the you know legacy of what he's leaving behind with this it's cool to see and you know what do you think if he was still here what do you think he'd be saying about this Uh, i'm not going to presume that but i will tell you that that what i what i what i really of all the sort of bittersweet moments on this project the one thing i really wish i could do would like you know i'd like to take orphans and show it to him i mean that that's that's something personal i mean stan was a big part of my life personally and um, the idea that, you know, hey, remember that, remember that sort of bit of story that we came up with, with this inventor and, you know, how he's, how he's, uh, you know, they wipe out everyone and they use him to create weapons and then he creates a weapon and uses it against them. You remember that story that we came up like, here it is, here it is, Bill Sienkiewicz did the art, look, like that, that's the part that I really miss. And I mean, you know, if Sam you'd do a better job pitching it than we could i mean that's there was no there was no one better at at sort of selling a story than stan um you know that's that's he was an ambassador for the industry he was he 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 sort of elevated the industry and he kind of hand sold it all around the country you know and and now we're getting ryan and i are getting a bit of that sort of experience the idea of you know dealing with fans on a individual level going doing signing and whatever but it's you know, that's just nothing compared to what Stan was doing it at such scale and, at, you know, just with such dramatic success. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we'll see another one of them. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've spoken to Luke about this. You know, Stan's 100th, what would have been Stan's 100th birthday is this year. And it's like you realize in that how um, young are nascent this comic book industry is because you know he was there really at the beginning and you know how quickly he evolved it so quickly into something that felt much more mature um and then you've got people like bill who took the art and continued to evolve um 
the artistic side of the medium. And it's just like one of those things where you realize when you're working in the, like in this medium, it's like, there's, there's so much room for growth. And he was somebody like Luke said, as an ambassador for that. And, you know, really had such vision and hope for, you know, where comics could go and what they could, what, what kind of, what they could mean to society and to readers and to fans. Well, with these three stories and, and I'll ask Luke, for example, um, Trick of Light and New Reality. I think it was actually Ryan that said that they became bestsellers, the, the two that preceded Orphans. Did they go from being out in hardcover to, of course, Audible? Uh, did they make, and I guess whatever the, the benchmark is or the milestone the to go to, to go to, the other way around, to go to maybe a soft cover format or anything else? Well, no, part of what was appealing, Audible was our first commercial partner on this mm-hmm. universe. Um and part of, I think, what kind of appealed to Stan was the way that audiobooks, you know, there have been, you know, like books on tape, and everything, but Audible really brought it to a different level and, and mainstreamed it in a way. And it felt fresh to Stan. And at the same time, it sort of like, it reminded him of the radio serials he used to listen to growing up. Mm. You know, I mean, it was, it was both new and old at the same time. You know, and, and telling a story verbally is kind of the oldest form of story. I mean, it's like around a campfire. It's like the oldest form of storytelling. So that's where we started. It was uh, it was a unique deal. Usually books start out in print and go to audio, and we did this the other way around. Um, so the you know Trick of Light came out through Audible, and then I think it was six months later it came out um, through Hot and Mifflin Harcourt, um, as uh, first a hardcover and then a softcover. I don't remember when this was. Softcover was like six or nine months later. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. And, um, and A New Reality is uh, audio. It's an audible original. So it's that, one, that one is only an audio. It's a novella, so it doesn't really work so well as a print book because it's not quite long enough for, the, for that medium, I guess, or what publishers want. They want something that's over 300 pages. It's like a novel, and it's probably about half that. Yeah, right. for us, it's like the, the ubiquity of what's cool about alliances is because we created it, but we also run it independently. We can make like kind of what we think are like kind of interesting, bold choices. So we love the idea of like ubiquity and being able to like place alliances, stories in all sorts of places for fans. Like, you know, it, we sort of, everybody is so used to now like going on their phone or through their iPad and just kind of like blending into like, I'm going to do an audiobook now, now I'm going to music, now I'm going to go read a comic. And it all kind of happens in the same space in a way. So we love the idea of being able to not only like adapt the work into different mediums, but to really create unique uh, projects for those mediums, like a new reality for Audible, as an example, or Orphans for comics. Um, it's a fun way to work. Uh, and we feel it's very freeing in that way. Um, so, it's, and you know, also on, on top of that, on the story side, we always want to make it approachable for readers. So, if somebody who has never listened to the Audible original, a brand new reader can pick up Orphans and, and understand the point of view, of the universe, the themes, and the and the characters. They can, every single project we do is an onboard for a new reader or a listener. So, that is a um, good point, actually, too. Um, yeah, because if you didn't catch anything prior to it, then you could just come into Orphans and be kind of okay with it, you know, to where, where it is and 
what it's setting up to do and going through the whole story and stuff. And then I was going to add also to it that at the uh, essentially the end of it, which is under the uh, bonus materials, you get some of uh, a, a new reality and a prior story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, well, part of the joy of this. There's actually a chapter from a new reality uh, prose in prose uh, at the end is like an added feature at the end of uh, orphans. But we, because, because orphans was also breaking into a new medium um, because it was a comic book, whereas the previous had been, you know, originally audiobooks, um, We wanted to make sure it was an easy place for people to jump on. We didn't want them to have to do homework to, you know, get into the story. Right. Now in regards, by the way, you had mentioned earlier in the episode uh, during the intro, the Red Sonia movie. Mm. How much can you talk about that? Because I know it's all under the same umbrella with Dynamite, which will be a frightening kind of umbrella, just an umbrella that explodes. But <laughs> uh, wordplay, ladies and gentlemen. Literal. Fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how much can you talk about that? Um, I, don't, I mean, there's, there's things that I, I'm comfortable talking about it. I just won't talk about what I can't talk about. Um, what I would say, well, first of all, Red Sonja was obviously a relationship that um, helped lead to orphans coming out through dynamite. I mean, it was, it was in, it was, it was, I, I've been making comics with dynamite for so long. It's been what, 15 years of making red, maybe more like 16, 17 years of making comics, uh, red Sonja comics with dynamite. So, you know, when we wanted to take the alliances universe to uh, comics, it was, we were going to work with Nick and the team over at Dynamite. They were their friends, and I've got a very easy working rapport with them. So, you know, the kind of the workflow part of it was, you know, easy, seamless, liquid, no problem. Just you know, my day in day out workflow already. You know, that was just that that it allowed us to kind of it, there were no like sort of hurdles, communication issues. It was all very, you know, hard, hard with you to focus on the creative um, because there weren't any kind of like logistics or operational things to think about. It was really, you know, you could just focus on the creative and know that you were sort of taken care of because you had a really long working relationship with that publisher. In terms of the movie, um, I got back two weeks ago from Eastern Europe. I think we wrapped a week ago. So it hasn't been long. I mean, we just, you know, there's uh, the footage looks amazing matilda was uh the best possible casting uh, choice we could have made um we got we got very lucky with casting uh robbie uh robert sheehan as the villain because he's just a fascinating actor that gives you a, a lot to work with um you know martin uh, ford is like this six foot eight mountain of a human being that um you're not going to recognize because we've turned him into a really cool looking creature. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Michael Bisping was like a UFC fighting champion. He's, he's one of our main warriors. He did a really good job. Uh, Wallace Day plays Anisia, which is a pretty tortured and complicated character. And she really brought some meat and substance to it. So, I mean, I, I could go on about this all day, but we are here to talk about alliances. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop. The only thing I want to add to that is when are we looking at it uh, coming out? Uh, let me. Uh, I'll try. The studio just got out of AFM, so I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, they're they're in conversation at this point with the domestics. The the foreign uh, distribution's pretty much already 
sold. I mean, it was mostly sold before we shot. That's how we financed the movie. Um, so it's really all about the domestic uh, distributor, and that's a conversation that's ongoing. So I would expect somewhere around third, fourth quarter of next year. Okay. I think this is probably mm-hmm. when it would come out. But I, don't quote me. So he was quoted as – no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Eddie? Uh, anything further to um, maybe entice – would be readers of Alliance's Orphans to whet the appetite, maybe, Ryan? I mean, if you love old school science fiction and are looking for, you know, some really thoughtful commentary told through some really um, zany aliens, uh, <laughs> pick up Orphans. But, you know, for us, this is just the beginning of the journey. We have a long way to go, and so there's no long more to reveal so um we're excited for uh fans to pick it up for sure what did you guys think of it i enjoyed it i um i read the part that stan had written i think in the beginning said about mind-blowing and i'm like yeah i'm kind of (laughs) there and would need to go back over some stuff to be honest uh to just kind of absorb more and stuff and i was just thinking well one character is just named little boy okay (laughs) let's go with it Uh, Little Boy is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, too. You know, Stan had a great way of naming characters. I'll say that, you know. (laughs) Sometimes Luke will be like, like the Watcher, and I'll say, right, that's right, the Watcher. Well, like we were, uh, there's another character called the Inventor, and Ryan and I, you know, we like (laughs) workshopped all these. We have like a list of like you know, 30 names or something. By, you know, by the end, we were, they were practically like sort of elven, you know, they, they were all just just throwing all kinds of stuff at the wall. And like we pitched all these names to Stan. He just kind of looked at us and entertained it for like a minute. And he's like, why don't we just call him the inventor? See, in, yeah. a, in a distant way, that may have been a name that wasn't used when other names like, you know, the collector and, and the gardener were all put together. And so, you know, just watch it. <laughs> That's right. You didn't make the cut, that group, whatever. Form your own group or whatever. And I, But I do understand how just using single names, like what one of them is Rascal, that's just the whole thing, and, you know, because otherwise Stan would love to use the same initial first and last name, that kind of thing. Uh, you're talking about alliteration. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, one of the things about this book is that it's, it's, more, um, it's more sci-fi than superhero. I mean, they all have sort of abilities. They're all, they all have their, I don't call it powers, but they all have their sort of unique abilities. But we didn't really want this to be, you know, people in capes. We didn't want this to be, to feel too superhero-y. Not that, not that Stan's characters wore capes a lot, actually. They pretty much didn't, except for Doctor Strange. But, um, but we, we wanted this to, to be able to lean a little bit more into, like, the older sort of journey into mystery kind of, you know, the the pre superhero revolution, the the early '60s stuff, the the pre, you know, the the '50s stuff that Stan was working on. Um, that that's kind of what we were aiming for with uh, with Orphan. Yeah. How would people go about getting a hold of this? And would you be out on the road with this at shows and stuff? Ryan, hit it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, Orphans is available at all your every local comic store and at bookstores. 
nationwide and Amazon. So it's available anywhere you anywhere books are sold, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and we are in on the road. I mean, I just got back from two local comic stores. Luke, you've got a bookstore next week you're going to. So you, you'll find us out there, and uh, they can find us on on the on our social handle Alliances Universe um, on uh, Instagram. Excellent. Well, we thank you for taking the time to talk about Alliances Orphans and and the whole, everything that came along with it. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you possibly out on the show sometime. All right, cool. Thank you. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Ryan Silver. I'm Luke Lieberman. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.